0: Comics, movies, music, video games, technology,
1: Blu-ray, television.
0: This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here yeah, looking in the mirror. do I look good. I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. Episode two thirty seven. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for
2: a half hour or so.
3: It's thirty minutes away. I'll be there in ten. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five minute argument or a full half hour?
2: You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube.
0: You are listening to a half hour wasted. Tonight's episode, Peyton Place.
3: That's why soccer is better than American football, Bill. I'm sorry, but it's football. (laughs)
0: Football! I'm not going to argue with you two people.
3: (laughs) Football, welcome to episode 237. Now, our all-soccer episode where
0: we're going to talk about soccer! I will argue with the other five and a half billion people, though, that think that.
1: Right. (laughs) Episode 237, if memory serves. This is the... This is kind of a departure, but, you know trying something new the music half episode half so is well. full of departures yeah. and usually three or four per episode and we've got uh, Bill and Pat still here with us Pat how are you? good this is the main reason Pat showed up today he did not know he was going to be dragged into a comic book discussion dragged I was yeah. I thought
0: it worked out well though uh, did. Pat you are a uh, uh, you're a literature guy I am yes Literature, like as in, I'm an English professor. Yeah. Oh, wonderful! Where do you yeah. teach? At the University
1: of Dallas. Great. Maybe okay. we should have done this uh, last Kansas, episode. By the yes, way. it
2: is. It's a beautiful
1: piece of ground. So, this is the fantasy football talk, and uh, we've kind of decided that since Frank and I don't participate in the fantasy football world, that we would kind of drive the conversation, and you guys would fill in the blanks. Right. And. Uh, we have initiated a non-minutiae clause upon pain <laughs> of death to Bill.
0: Yeah, so I was going to drive this episode, but clearly they don't trust me. So, Bill, uh, you know, whatever. Bill has been doing Ask fantasy question, football
1: for uh, half his life, pretty much, right? Uh, this is uh, this is year 20 for me. Okay. And Pat's a first-timer this year, so that that's an interesting uh, point of view also. So, um, Frank... You want to start off? Yeah, sure. So, let's start off with the
3: basics. Let's start super basic. What yeah, is fantasy football? What is fantasy football? Fantasy and football. And how is it
1: different than Dungeons and Dragons? Fantasy foot. Fu- <laughs> I posit that it is not any different.
0: I've got an answer for you. Fantasy football is the ability to make someone laugh
2: without, without making, making them, them puke. puke. Okay. I, and, and, hey, I know a lot of married players of fantasy football. Show me a married player of Dungeons & Dragons. Wow! wow. wow. wow.
0: I know a couple, actually. <laughs> I know a couple. Can you still play Dungeons & Dragons? Yes. With your 20-sided die? and your... I believe so. Because I'll go to an LCS, and I see people playing Magic constantly.
1: I, right? I think it's not as popular as it used to be, but I think you can play it. I mean, you know, you go to... I think to, you uh, can play it. You didn't know I was going to sneak up on you, did you, listener? <laughs> so um, what is fantasy football, for those of us that don't know? It's a, uh, it's a
0: way for people to uh, gamble and prove how much smarter they are than the other person um, in a very uh, safe setting, basically.
3: But it's usually with the NFL. You usually use the players to argue. Oh, this. so
1: you do want some minutia? Well, hey, I can do that well, too. Well, no. Okay. All right. So that, it starts like this. That question can be answered without minutiae. Um, we need a minutiae. I'm going to have a minutiae warning uh, soundbite to edit in here whenever we <laughs> start. Yeah,
0: good luck finding that for Master Shake. Um, uh, fantasy sports started uh, many, many years ago. I, I don't have the... Uh, uh, I should have looked this up, but uh, didn't because it just baseball occurred to me was now. First, right? Exactly, rotisserie baseball. Really, um, I had no
1: idea. Now, rotisserie baseball? baseball
0: has been going on for about 30, 40, 40 years, give or take okay. now. Yeah. Okay. Um, since uh, I think the, the late '60s, I want to say. Interesting. Um, and in fantasy baseball, <laughs>
3: that was the that, that was. <laughs> Brad's interesting. Felt very. Um, like, I have
1: to say something. No, okay, it really is interesting. That is interesting. I had no idea that fantasy baseball preceded fantasy football. Oh, by a
0: large margin, yeah. Are there? Uh, is there such
1: a thing as fantasy hockey? Yeah, there's fantasy NASCAR. Fantasy, there's fantasy tennis? I don't know. Fantasy backgammon?
0: Uh, <laughs> Fantasy not.
1: billiards? Fantasy
0: darts?
2: Fantasy
1: NASCAR is just a
2: 635 commute, is it not? Right.
0: Ooh, it whoa, is in Dallas, yeah. yeah. It depends on what metro you 635
3: is, is a highway here in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We have worldwide
1: listeners. All right. What is fantasy football?
0: We do. We have listeners that we know for a fact range from Australia to uh, Finland, Mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully further out than that. What is
2: fantasy football? It does get dark early in Finland.
0: Very good. You need something to to (laughs) occupy yourself. (laughs) That's the minutiae alert. (laughs) That's the minutiae alert. All right. Isn't the minutiae alert supposed to happen after I start into the minutiae? I was preempting it. (laughs) Yeah, so you're just assuming that minutia is, is the uh, the word of the day. We know then.
1: minutia. Let me let me let me tell you what I think fantasy football is. All right, serious answer. No, okay, go. It is um, a way to well, what you do is you 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 have a draft, you pick players and create your own team uh, out of existing players in the NFL, existing defenses in the NFL, and you you have your own team that have these different people that you've drafted on it and depending on what happens in real games throughout the football season you get points or you win or lose games is that a nutshell version of it
0: and we'd like to thank you all for listening to this episode of Half Hour Wasted um, <laughs> we'll be back next week with uh... no that's uh, you've encapsulated it uh, fairly well so yes. it is
1: possible to do it without munition. Uh,
0: maybe for you <laughs> I mean, don't don't you know? Speak for yourself. Uh, it's not what I'm here for. Elaborate well, then. Well,
2: I thought, yeah, I thought that was pretty well done as a as, yeah. a, as an overview of what fantasy football. Yes, is. Yes, you right? uh,
0: you are most likely a lover of football. Um, fantasy football is a way to appreciate or enjoy every NFL football game or team as opposed to being a homer and not really caring about anything that doesn't affect your favorite team. Okay. And there, there are people who can absolutely have no favorite teams who can enjoy fantasy football
1: uh, just for the sheer sport of it. Uh, it. It seems like those best, the best fantasy football players would not have a favorite team. No, the best fantasy
0: football players can absolutely have a favorite team. I know I do. But we have judgment that's not
2: overly colored by well, their
0: favorite team. It's like being a gambler. Uh, many gamblers say that you never bet on your team because you cannot be objective about that. Um, it, that's true to some extent in fantasy football. Uh, there's nothing wrong with, uh, with taking a player off your team just because you love them. Hopefully that player you're taking, say if you're a, if you're a big Patriots fan, hopefully that player you're taking is Tom Brady, not Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, also known as a law firm. Um, so, for me, it's about the intellectual exercise. It's about the, let me figure out a way to prove that I'm smarter than these other 9 or 11 or 13 cats. Um, and uh, you, can, you can generally win a little bit of money, too, at it.
3: Well, let's talk a little bit about the draft process. So usually these things start off with some type of, and I know it's usually a draft party. Guys usually hang out. Everyone has their computers, and then they start the draft process. Can you, can you start us off with that? That's building your team. Typically,
0: yes. Um, let's assume that you're starting a brand-new league uh, with a bunch of guys, and what happens is every single NFL player, uh, offensive player, is out there available to be had. And so say off, point, offensive skill player, right? Yeah, we right, don't, we don't draft linemen. You're not going to draft linemen. You're not going to draft. Um, and this this can get as, as detail oriented as you want to. Can because you,
1: I know that you know some teams will draft defenses like a team's de- like the Dallas defenses. Somebody's. Right. Anyone here can you? Like the long ones because I don't. <laughs> very very well said. <laughs> can yes. you? Can you? Do, are there t- uh, leagues that draft offensive lines
0: as a? player not that I know of there okay. are leagues that can draft individual defensive
1: players um, that that gets into minutia is fantasy football you said you compared it to gambling earlier is it most commonly associated with uh, money payoff at the end of the season for somebody Typically
0: yes now you can you can absolutely go to any of your major sports web outlets your ESPN's your Yahoo's your um sporting news is your CNNs you can play uh fancy football for free in these arenas um generally I find that if there's not at least a couple of dollars on the line it's very hard to care about it as much as you might need to well and just I,
2: and just, just to add to that let me say that um Congress <clears throat> excuse me Congress has uh determined that uh fantasy football and other fantasy sports are not gambling per se. Yes. And the reasoning behind that is because, unlike gambling, which is arguably a game of chance, because of the research and selection and management of the players on your team, fantasy football is actually
1: considered a game of skill. I was, okay, I was, I see, okay, I can see. totally that, see that. Because that, that, is, that is very interesting. There has okay. to be some effort. You have to be willing to put in effort to lose money at fantasy football, but you don't have to put any effort into losing money at blackjack. That's
3: sort of true. I think a gambler would would uh, would argue with that, especially with poker. Well, they, I, well, it was always talk yeah, about the right. skill Bla- level, but there's a lot of chance involved too. Yeah, blackjack, okay,
0: bingo, blackjack, yeah. and, uh, blackjack, and poker probably have the least amount of uh, uh, variables to them. Uh, blackjack certainly, um, but still, you're still beholden to. Uh, uh, the luck of the draw, literally, um,
1: and the ability to count cards is superhuman at best
0: in fantasy football um, you can you can quantify a number of things you can you can know that Tom Brady, in your opinion, may be the best mm. quarterback that Adrian Peterson uh, is the best running back um, it 's very easy to determine who the best players are, and therefore, who are the most valuable. Um, So you start a draft out, and the way a team is structured uh, is semi-consistent across uh, lines. Uh, I've played in leagues where you had lots of floaters, um, but typically, you're going to start one quarterback. Typically, you're going to start two running backs. Typically, two wide receivers. Uh, Oftentimes, a tight end, you'll start a kicker. And you'll generally start a team defense. The team defense includes uh, the return game associated with it. So, uh, if you have the Cowboys defense and uh, Felix Jones goes back and returns a kickoff for a touchdown, your defense gets credit for that touchdown. Okay, it, it is scored on your team. Uh, likewise with uh, punt returns, um, your team intercepts a score or intercepts a ball, takes it back for a score. You get that. Okay. Um, Generally for a team defense, uh, safeties are counted. Uh, Turnovers collected are counted. Um, um, There are a a number of metrics. Uh, Typically, you get points depending on how many points in reality your defense gave up. Uh, Your defense, uh, uh, Dallas defense, pitches a shutout or gives up three points to the Redskins. Then you're going to get six points, ten points, somewhere in there. Those rules are are pretty uh, uh,
1: manageable and variable. Um, those types of rules and scorekeeping things, I imagine they vary from league to league.
0: Yeah, uh, these things are reasonably across the board, but there's you know you can tweak out your rules um, um, in many different ways. Uh, so we can get into minutia. We can kind of try to keep this fairly generic. I, I played in a, a league once, which I actually really liked, which was uh, instead of a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a kicker, a D. It was one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, and four floaters, which can be a running back or a tight end or a wide receiver. what did I say? Yeah, running back, wide receiver, or tight end. So you could start, theoretically, five running backs and one wide receiver on your team if you wanted. Or you could start one running back and five wide receivers, or you know, which obviously
1: on and on. wouldn't work in a real football right. game. But it would for fantasy because you've got how many teams in the NFL now are there? Thirty two. Thirty two? That's crazy.
3: So um so when you have these these drafting parties, how are they conducted? Is there one guy who heads it all? Is there uh, a commissioner, is there a moderator? Yeah. Is there? Uh, how are the rules set and stuff like that? Let's start with. Uh, you're going to start a league. You have to have a draft party. So walk us
0: through that. How do you start that? Uh, someone volunteers to be a commissioner. You do need to have one voice at the top of it. Um, hopefully, uh, decisions are made by the group as a whole and not. Uh, um, edicts by the commissioner. Um, but again, you, you've got to have one final voice. So if people cannot agree, then that's when the commissioner steps in and says, no, we're going to do it this way. Okay.
2: You know, um, and, and let me toss in that we, we, you know, we use the term draft party, but there's money on the line and there tends not to be drinking at a fan, fantasy football draft quote party. Because people are focused on putting their team together, yeah. wanting to do a good job, you don't need your judgment clouded.
0: We all we all like to have a beer. I didn't drink any at our draft party. You yeah. Know? Now it also has something to do with the uh, uh, one thing about fantasy football is the um, the online draft has become more prevalent these days as you know computers proliferate into our lives and and you can you could have twelve people or sixty people drafting their teams literally across the country doing it into a computer now it's your turn now it's your turn now it's your turn Um, the old style way to do it and still the best way to do it is to gather everybody together into one single room so you can you can rib or mock the person who uh, reaches for a player so you can uh, you can enjoy the thrill of hearing the next guy uh, in line go you've got to be kidding me when you take the player that he had he was focused on Um, it's 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 best when it's in person. Um, it's but, best when it's face to face. But
2: I mean, for those of you who you know don't have nine other NFL football fans in your neighborhood, you can
0: draft a team and join a league at Yahoo, at right. ESPN.com.
2: Yep. Where else, Bill? Lots of places.
0: Yeah, they're pretty much any place that has a major sports web presence is gonna is gonna have a fantasy football um, application on it because. Um, for the pure business sense, it drives people, it drives traffic to the website. So sure. it makes economic sense for them to have this free uh, or possibly paid version um, available. So you'll you'll be beholden, you know, you're going to go to ESPN.com every single day because you're wanting to find out what the latest scoop is on your boys.
1: When Bill and I were driving to uh, Corpus Christi, mm-hmm. uh, Bill was involved in a uh, an online draft. And he would check his... His uh, email every once in a while, and at one point during the trip, he said, "All right, Brad, grab that spiral notebook out of the back seat and a pen, and write these names down for me." So he was <laughs> doing his his draft thing online as we were driving down to the funeral. Wow. It, was, um, it was it
0: was really interesting too because sounds like a character. Film. Well, we had uh, the, the draft was uh, through Yahoo. It was going to be online. Um, Everybody, uh, 8 of the 12 people gathered at uh, at the House of the Commissioner uh, a couple Sundays ago. And we had issues with getting, uh, we couldn't figure out what the passkey was to break people into the Wi-Fi. So, uh, I didn't realize that, that this online league was literal. I thought it was going to be, we were going to be sitting around and... Okay, alright, you pick this guy, alright, the commissioner types the name into the computer and okay, who's the next guy? Now this is literally online administered by the computer. So the draft is supposed to start at eleven. Uh, at eleven oh one the computer starts auto drafting because none of us had Wow. None of us had broken into the league yet. Right. And about eleven fifteen, the first three rounds have been drafted because you get forty five seconds a pick, which seems insanely fast. Right. It's it's way too quick. To be able to make uh, an informed opinion. I mean, the, the third player in the draft, you should be able to make that pick in 45 seconds. Now, The, the 43rd? 60th, yeah, the 43rd player in the draft, the 60th player in the draft, there may be a lot of variables at play there. You know, what position are you looking for? Right. Um, and so at that point, you do need more time. Um, the end result was we went ahead and let the computer draft the entire league, and then we scrapped the results. And since nobody could get back together within the next couple weeks, uh, the solution that was come up with, I thought was genius. I've never seen this before. Uh, we started an email chain and you literally replied all with, when, when your pick came up, you hit reply all, you put your player in and then you sent it. And then it was almost like um, uh, there was a family affair episode many years ago where the butler that was, was playing chess. <laughs> it was Well the butler was playing chess with a guy in Europe and it was by mail. So you have the chessboard set up in both locations. You send a letter with your next move, and then it travels across the seas, and the guy gets it, he opens it up, he moves the player to correspond to your move. Then he writes down his next move on a letter, and he sends it back to you, and it could take days or weeks uh, you know, to finish the chess game out that way. This turned out to be kind of the same effect as you're, you're picking 16 players total in this individual league, and it took uh, six days to get through the draft. I thought it was a really unique and really, really cool way to do it because, you know, there were a couple times, and you know what, I'm at work. I don't have time to, to mess with this for the next two hours, so I'll just do it when I get home. So, you know, maybe I've been on the clock for three and a half hours by the time I make my pick, and you don't want to Bogart, you know, the the draft like that, but... Um, I thought it was a really unique way to do it, and you didn't. You know, there, there were no complaints of, "Oh, I was rushed into picking a player. I wish I hadn't." You know, it's like, no, there's no excuses. You, you've had all the time you need to choose your next player. I just thought it was interesting. In person, you generally get a couple of minutes, a minute, two minutes, something like that, and there's always the the poor person who just can't decide between, do I pick this tight end or do I pick this third wide receiver. And people will start kind of getting on you and giving you hell. And if it's a bunch of friends, it's friendly. And um, uh, for me, I like to keep it friendly. Um, our drafts, uh, there's a certain dollar figure that we have that, that it's going to run you. Um, but there are now drafts that people take way too seriously where they're looking at having you put in 250 bucks, $400, $500. I've, I've heard of leagues where they want $1,000 to get into this. Wow. And that's there's there in my humble opinion, there is a small amount of sickness that accompanies that. Now you put in twenty five bucks, fifty bucks, a hundred bucks, whatever. You can still keep it friendly at that point. Sure. And uh, um, I just think there's a definite dollar figure, whatever that is, where it stops you in friendly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it stops being fun, my humble opinion. There,
3: there's, a, there's a series I saw on Netflix. I only saw the first episode called The League, which apparently had a lot to do with uh, fantasy football.
0: I think that's exactly what it was, and I haven't seen it.
3: Uh, I saw the first episode, and it was pretty funny in that the guys were constantly, constantly belittling each other. It, it so. was. It never. Ended in that first episode. It was always, it, it's, it's and, yeah, and and there were there were bets placed, you know, like not only money, but like this one guy he had to walk around the, the neighborhood nude because he lost a he lost a week or something like that. <laughs> so it was obviously got very very heated and and just very, um, you know, so much so that this I think one character his wife was actually the brains behind the operation. And, okay, and she was telling him what to do, but he was pretending it was his. <laughs> um, <laughs> his things and it looked funny. I, I want to go back and watch the whole thing, but but it seemed it seemed worth watching. There
1: was a so this was Netflixable. Yeah, okay. There was a league that that I participated in last year. I think I think Bill was in it. It was um, headed up by June Bob of all people. What it up, was, June Bob? It was I don't know if if you would consider it fantasy football because basically it was yeah it was all you do is you pick who you think will win this year this week make all your picks out of all the games.
0: Oh, okay. You yeah,
1: know.
2: I you know, I did that for a couple of years before trying fantasy football for the first time. It was on Yahoo, I think, and it was called NFL Pick 'em. Okay, yeah. And yeah, it was uh, there were 10 or 12 people in my league and we picked the games every week and you get a point if you get the winner, right? There wasn't even any point spread. It was just pick the winner and at the end of the year you uh, you know, you either make the playoffs and win or lose. I The first year I did that I finished 5th out of a group of 13 and last year I finished 2nd and actually got some money back.
3: Yeah. Here, let me play a little bit from, from the league. This is the opening episode.
1: Gentlemen, let's just take a moment here to celebrate something that I think we can all agree is a, a truly amazing thing. And that is me as your current champion and three-time winner. I would like to personally welcome each and every one of you to this fifth season of The League. Look, I love playing with you guys. It's not just that you lose, it's that you try so hard and you still lose. And then you make these terrible bets that end up biting you and you do lose. Kevin. Oh, dear God. It's humiliating. I know. We gotta win this year, babe. Yeah, you have to listen to me. I will, I promise, okay? All right, so let's talk schedule. By the way, can someone call Taco and tell him that The League has actually started? Oh, and lest I forget, the draft, which is going to be at Andre's swanky new downtown loft. And Andre, we don't care how much money you make. You're still the same sweet, gullible little sucktard that we tricked into this. <laughs> is there a lot of that type of
0: well, attitude? fantasy football can be kind of a love child of the Big Bang Theory and the Three Stooges. <laughs> Explain. There, well, <laughs> there, there can be uh, uh, mocking and uh, uh, humiliation. And uh, people trying to prove their superiority in this tiny little way. Um, you can be a great fantasy football uh, general manager or owner and um, have a uh, really crappy existence otherwise. So, uh, this may be uh, one small way to get back at all those people who are more successful than you.
2: See, I think that's true, but I, I mean, I want to backpedal from that too and say let's not paint a picture of fantasy football. As if its entire, you know, raison d'etre was to humiliate your friends. Because it seems to me that really what a lot of people are after is an opportunity to deepen their enjoyment of football. And in particular, it puts you in the position of experiencing what it's like to be a coach or a general manager. Where you actually have to choose players, evaluate them against other players, determine who starts... And live with the result. You win or lose at the end of the day based on the decisions that you've made. And yeah, if you make good decisions and your friends make worse ones, you get to do a little victory dance. But really, to me, it's more about that experience of deepening your engagement with football and learning what people who manage football at the highest
0: level do. Yeah. And I've got friends who um, um, actively stay away from fantasy football because they do not want it to color their appreciation and enjoyment of their team.
2: And i got to say, on that score, you've been trying to drag me into fantasy football for most of those 20 years that you've been doing Sorry
1: about that, listeners.
2: And, and I've resisted, and my resistance has been of the sort you're talking about. I really just want to watch football and not care if the team I want the Cowboys to beat, for instance you know, how their second wide receiver does, whether he scores a touchdown or not. Right Now that might matter to me since I have (laughs) Greg Jennings, wide receiver for the Packers on my
1: team. I've, I've been witness to you watching a Cowboy game and being torn between wanting the Cowboys to get that next touchdown or wanting that particular player on that other team's offense to score the next touchdown. Because if the Cowboys score the next touchdown, then your team has won the game, but if that Player on the team's offense has won the game. You just won a hundred bucks. Yeah, and to me that sounds that sounds like it's not fun. Not a fun position to be in. Well,
0: and that's why a lot of people don't play it. Um, that consider themselves fans. Uh, for me, um, my team is the mighty number one team in the land. Vers the AP and UPI and any other metric you want. My team is the Oklahoma Sooners. Okay. Uh-huh. Mine too. I like the Cowboys. I've I've been a fan of the Cowboys since the Roger Staubach days. You, you can know, suck it Eagles I've, fans. I've <laughs> been I've been a Cowboy fan a lot longer than many people have been alive. So, I don't have to give up my Cowboy lover card. Okay? I get to keep it. I get to have my cake and eat it too. But it, it and that is something that did it came close to torturing me for a number of years till I finally made the decision uh, with myself that you know what? If if it comes down to, I need Jamal Charles, the Kansas City Chief, to score me one more touchdown. Unfortunately, if that happens, the Cowboys are going to lose this game. And I finally made my piece with the idea that you know what. The Cowboys aren't making me any smarter. The Cowboys aren't giving me any kind of of cachet to lord over my friends. The Cowboys aren't putting any dollars into my pocket. Jamal Charles might with his touchdown. Right. And so. While I, I do love the Cowboys, I do hope they win. If it comes down to a point where I need my fantasy player to do something that hurts the Cowboys, um, then you know what, I'm okay with that. Now, there is a balance. You do want your cake and you do want to eat it too. That doesn't mean I don't like the Cowboys, don't want them to win. You know, the Super Bowl. I take great enjoyment out of that. But you, unless it's like the last game of the season or it's literally a no a no, you know, where you're truly backed in the corner. You know, if they lose the fourth game of the season, well, that doesn't destroy their season. They've got 12 more games to pull themselves out of that tailspin. So, I don't take a whole lot of personal emotional heat over making that decision. That's just well.
2: And the other thing is the the flip side of that potential for conflict between your team and the (laughs) opposition is, you know, a real deepening of your understanding of all the personnel and everything that goes on in the league. For instance it wasn't all that long ago that I had no idea who even the starting running back for the new Orleans saints was okay. Now I know who their third string running back is because I need to.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I find that to be a a really fascinating part because I have always considered myself scholar is too strong a word, but I've read about football since I was a kid. I mean, I, you know, my parents were students at OU when I was, when I was born. Uh, I've been going to OU games since I was a year and a half old as they took me into the student section with them. Um, I've been watching the NFL for as long as long literally as long as I can remember. There's never been a time in my life when I wasn't into it. Um, and I do think the NFL is different than almost any other sport in that you've got to realize that in general, someone who enjoys the NFL can sit there and watch almost any NFL game. You can sit there and watch a game between the Saints and the Ravens Um, with the same intensity as you watch the Cowboys play the Eagles, I mean, almost, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to, to take this, you know, too literally here, but you can enjoy watching a game that has nothing to do with your favorite team in the NFL, almost as much as you can enjoy watching, you know, your favorite team. That's, to me, not the case whatsoever in baseball, hockey, any other sport. Boy,
2: yeah, you know, and let me tell you one reason for that, which was just brought to my mind very sharply this past weekend. Those NFL games are almost always competitive. Yeah. And, you know, I, like Bill, and am, am a huge Oklahoma Sooner fan, and I was watching the Oklahoma game against Tulsa. A, a Tulsa, a team that won 10 games last year, yeah. comes into Norman and that game was a snooze fest. <laughs> I mean, OU just punked Tulsa, 47 to 14. Another game that happened the same weekend. Baylor goes into the fourth quarter up by 24 points on TCU. In the fourth quarter, they blow that entire lead before scoring one more time to win 50 to 48. Now, some would say. That's tremendously exciting. It's hard to say it isn't. But it's also tremendously, frustratingly unprofessional to blow that huge (laughs) lead. I mean, you know, you see week in and week out in the NFL teams being competitive, playing each other at a very high level, and that's one of the reasons it's
3: so interesting. And it's true. uh, Any
0: given week, uh, almost any team could beat almost any other team.
3: um, So does it give you insight when... Some people will go, that is, they see a, a play done, a professional play, and they go, why did they do that? Why did they send them in? Why did they go that route instead of the obvious route, which would be this? I mean, does it give you any insight as to the coach's mind or the general manager's mind?
0: Well, it's not necessarily um, it's not necessarily a series of epiphanies you're having while watching the game, but in your study, your observation, your reading of... of uh, so-called experts, uh, one thing I find that's interesting to me is that I find that experts are oftentimes just as wrong as the the great unwashed. Um, I, because it is, you know, this is a, a trope, but the game is clearly decided on the field. And so you can have all the knowledge in the world. In that, in that way, it's kind of like, uh, uh, it is kind of like gambling because you know, I can have the best running back, the best quarterback, the second best wide receiver, And I can still lose to a team that just happens to have kind of a fluky day. Um, That happens all the time, um, not to the point where it's random, but there is an element of randomness thrown into it that you must account for and that you cannot do the math for.
2: See, and the way I would start to answer Frank's question is that the fantasy football league doesn't... Appearances uh, by the wayside, the league doesn't start with the draft because in fantasy football there are always statistics and trends from last year to take into account. There are projections for this year, Mm -hmm. opinions of sports analysts about how teams are going to finish, how particular players are going to produce. And so it's a constant uh, state of preparing yourself before the draft to know what teams are up to and what their personnel are. And, And that's how you sort of Get a leg up on the competition and understand the teams
0: and what decisions it might make sense to make as an owner drafting. Players. Can you uh, can you thumbnail how you gathered your information this year? Yeah, you know, I I paid a lot of attention to the league last year because
2: I was in that Pickham League, so I watched a lot of games last year. And, I, you know, I, w- I went in and looked at statistics from last year, how teams finished on offense and defense and how individual marquee players did. I also read a lot of expert projections for how some of those same players were expected to perform this year. And then, of course, you also have to pay attention to the nfl draft for the last two three four years because maybe a player that was taken three four years ago is just approaching the point where they're going to blossom and break out so you need to be aware of who might be in that position
0: yeah where do you where do you get your information well there are, uh, uh for me uh my method uh of course i've kept up with this for 20 years so i've got kind of a, a running a running total of my opinions um and you do go out and you do read experts' opinions. You take those experts' opinions with the requisite grain of salt. Sure. Some some experts you find in your experience uh, have a better handle on it than others because there are way too many websites out there, way too many publications um, for everybody to be fully stocked with true experts. Well, you know what they say about free advice. It's usually overpriced. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, for me... Um, my my method is I like to collect raw data. Yeah. I want to collect as much raw data as possible, and I want to aggregate it in my own head.
1: Which is surprising because you're not a detail guy in the least bit. Um, of course you might, you might be surprised. I'm being silly.
0: Okay. Yeah. We all um, know
1: you're a minutiae guy.
0: For me, uh, my favorite method for the last few years um, has been to watch the first quarter, the first half of as many preseason games as I can get under my belt. And this year... Um, the the number was far less than in the past, but um, you take what the experts think is going to happen and you correlate that with what you see happening out there. Now, if you're watching a, a preseason game, which you know obviously doesn't count towards the bottom line of an NFL team's year, um, those are practice games. You can catch them any way you want. The NFL says, no, they're preseason. Uh, they used to call them exhibition, but then they didn't want the, the label exhibition, meaning... Uh, needless, <laughs> you Perfect. know, to uh, color people's opinions on whether or not they want to buy a ticket. But, but these preseason games mostly are, are to try out s- some of the players. You no, know, they're,
1: they're scrimmages. They, ha- they have the, different purposes. I was going to use that word. All they are are scrimmages open to the public. They That's have, all they
0: are. But the preseason games have different objectives. The first preseason game often is just a shaking out. Uh, the second preseason game is okay. Now that you all have actually hit another team for sixty minutes, let's start. Let's start actually considering what we want to do schematically. You know, what kind of offense do we want to run, what kind of defense do we want to want to run. We got to get start getting that stuff in line. The third preseason game, and usually there's four, by the way. The third preseason game is often considered a dress rehearsal, where your starters will play for a half of the game, possibly into the third quarter. And in that third set of preseason games, that third week, you can find out... Now, you're not necessarily going to find out that this guy is going to be the greatest player in the history of the world, but you can find out that, you know, the magazines which were published three months ago don't really know who's going to be the number one running back. You know, they don't know who the second wide receiver is going to be. They don't know if... uh, um, you know, hey, maybe a tight end got cut, you know, before the uh, right. before the preseason started. And so the magazine can't tell you, there's a lot of details the magazine can't tell you because it's not literally up-to-date, up-to-the-minute up-to-date. And uh, watching the preseason games, you can get a handle. I, I always try to find uh, one player, at least, that I think is going to be a hidden gem that is going to be uh, not obvious to anybody else. He's not necessarily going to show up on a spreadsheet. Last year, uh, it was Arian Foster. I saw him in a couple of preseason games, and I thought to myself, um, this guy knows what he's doing. The backups have failed for two years preceding, and the backups are still there. Um, the scheme that they use to run is called a zone blocking scheme, where the offensive linemen, they block, a, they block an area of the field. They're not trying to block a, a specific player. Their responsibility is for that part of the field. Um, it's like a zone defense where the defensive backs are concerned with protecting their their little fiefdom, their their 20 or 30 square yards of field, as opposed to you lock up with this one offensive player and you shadow him. Um, so there are different schemes that could be had. The zone blocking scheme with the right kind of running back is incredibly effective. And I saw that at Arian Foster last year. And not believing that the previous starter was going to reclaim his spot, people drafted the previous guy, Steve Slayton, in the first and second and third rounds of the draft. I had a feeling on Arian Foster. I picked him up in the the fifth round, I think. And this year, he is considered the number one running back in fantasy football. This year, this year's, he's on the cover of the magazine. Yeah. And <laughs> so for me, it's it's that raw information. It's it's for me. Uh, I think the most dangerous thing you can do. Is follow someone else's opinion blindly. Um, for me, I w- again aggregating raw information to me is reading a, a, a handful of other people's top twenty running backs, uh, top twenty, top two hundred players, this and that. Reading a few different magazines, reading you know, reading a bunch of different opinions. I want as many opinions as I can get, and then I make my own lists based on th- based on the aggregation of all this raw data. Yeah. So
3: um, let's talk about magazines. You have something in front of us called Pro Football Fantasy. I'm yeah. trying to
0: figure out what good
1: a fantasy football magazine is.
0: Well, um, it gives you good general information. It tells you... So uh, is the internet. What kind of... Um, yes, but the internet five years ago, ten years ago, was an amazing source of all the free information you could ever want. Uh, we are For the last two or three years, we've been moving to a point where magazines are starting to become more useful again, uh, the time lapse between the publication date and the actual start of football notwithstanding, because you're starting to see a lot of the best information hidden behind paywalls these days. Okay. If you want to go to rotoworld.com or ESPN or Pro Football Weekly or Sporting News or Yahoo or Fox or whatever, a lot of times the information that you you think is the, the details you need to put you over the top, well, they want you to pay twelve ninety five for the draft kit. They want you to pay three ninety five a month, or nine ninety five a month, or thirty nine ninety nine for a year, or whatever, to access the information off their website.
1: And how much do you pay for that magazine? Uh,
0: this was it's a cover eight bucks. Uh, I got it at Walmart. I'm sure it was a fifteen percent discount. You buy one so. of those a month? No, I bought one of these. Period. Oh. Okay. Back in the old days, before the internet was ubiquitous, uh, I would buy. Five or six of these a year, and of course, back in those days, they were maybe five bucks a pop. So I'm spending, I don't know, thirty bucks on these magazines. And again, uh, back in those days, you didn't have the NFL Network. You didn't have a you didn't have a one-stop shop for all the preseason games. So I'd catch them as catch can. But for the most part, you're beholden to the information you get out of these magazines and what you can read in the newspapers.
3: So, so, so it's all about data. So who does best in these game in these types of games? I, in my imagination, I've always heard of this. Um, you know, uh, picking good stocks. The The Wall Street Journal apparently had two methods. They had two guys who would you know crunch data and stuff, and they had another method for throwing darts at the page to pick right. it. And more often than not, the darts did well. The ra- the randomness <laughs> of it. Um, not always, but but usually. So um, it has something to say about.
2: Randomness. I think think that's far less likely to happen in fantasy football than in the stock market. So,
3: so is it, is it, um, someone who's a, who's a statistician who does well accountants, do they do well in this or is it just, uh, like, like who would be the person you wouldn't want to go up against?
0: I think, um, I think someone who's mathematically inclined and, uh, enjoys crunching those numbers or has an innate gift at aggregating raw data is the person who's going to succeed in this. (laughs) Um, um, I come into a draft um, uh, myself, uh, I am not a math whiz. I'm very, very, very good at regular math. Uh, I am awful at advanced, high-concept math. Like, I I don't get trigonometry, but I can I can do a percentage. You know, I, I can calculate the tax at a grocery store very simply. Yeah. Um, so, just for me, I'm good at some math, but I'm not a mathematician by any means. Um, is, is
3: the learning curve on this difficult?
0: Uh, There can be a learning curve, but honestly, um, someone like Pat here, I think, has taken to it like a duck to water. Um, My opinion uh, was that uh, I I think that the most important thing is to have your own opinion. Yeah. Um, For better or for worse, don't follow the pack. You know, the pack, you know, it's like a bell curve. The pack is going to be right 75% of the time, but it's that extra 25% that makes or breaks your team. Yeah, and you also, besides, I mean, math, yes,
2: plays a a role, but there's also a very significant role, as Bill's own examples on Arian Foster illustrated, for observation and evaluation of NFL skills as an observer, Mm -hmm. watching on TV or in person if you're so lucky. Right. And, you know, for instance, to judge the possible uh, extreme effectiveness of Arian Foster, you had to Know what other NFL running backs look like on the field, you had to understand the blocking scheme that he was going to be running behind, and you knew that that would give him an advantage so understanding football being an, a keen observer, and being able to evaluate players against other
0: players that you 've seen also very important yeah. and I think a, a a lot of it can boil down to the fact that you have to be you have to be invested and truly interested in it because You can, anybody can be in a fantasy football league, but if you don't care enough, you know, if, if, if you're just an observer and it, you know, being right doesn't matter enough to you to do this, this digging and this, this conceptualizing in your own head, then you're going to be at best average. And that's probably going to take some luck.
3: Um, so, is it, is the, does there become a moment in fantasy football where, as the league is going on, this happens in poker, once the two people who just have the most money, no one else can compete with that, and it eventually becomes two? Or can it change on a moment's notice no. to where it can,
0: it can, uh, someone can catch up? Or That's one thing that's really uh, nice about, uh, about something in a fantasy football, fantasy sport. Kind of
1: Again, listeners... I apologize for that. Well, quit doing that. I was just trying to wake up the bored people.
0: (laughs) Good lord. I'd like to apologize uh, for all of of you having to listen to this episode, by the way. Um, Really, truly unfair of us to uh, foist this on you. Um,
1: As a matter of record, I am enjoying participating in this episode. Well, I appreciate that. Where were we? And you think I'm being silly, but I'm not. I'm actually learning. How can... I'm uh, I'm discovering that I... As a football fan of the level that I'm at, would it would be impossible for me to participate in fantasy football?
3: Okay, yeah, me, me too. I do not have the patience nor the inclination to put
1: this much effort because I into don't it. know who the first first string quarterback is of any other team. But m- see, for than me, the Cowboys. For me, you know, right.
0: I distinctly remember back in the way back in the summer '80. Going with my parents on a road trip up to the Northeast. It is the and rabbit. It is the rabbit. Uh, don't worry, boys. We'll have rabbits, too. Um, I bought a... Uh, uh, it wasn't a fantasy magazine, because I don't think there was such an animal back then. But I bought a pro football preview magazine that had uh, uh, Burt uh, Bert Jones, quarterback for the Colts, on yeah, it. Right. And I used to pour through that stuff. It was fascinating to me. I, I would read books... When I was uh, in elementary school, I would go to the library and I would read these books about the 1942 championship game where the Chicago Cardinals um, uh, playing the Chicago Bears or whoever it was, uh, the field is coated in ice. and At halftime, they send a trainer down to a local sporting goods store to buy sneakers because the cleats weren't, weren't picking up any traction. So they come back and the, the, the team that got the, the basically the, the Chuck Taylor All-Stars, with flat rubber soles, they dominate the second half and they win. And I just, you know, just history, the history of the NFL to me is fascinating. I'm a natural to be a fantasy football player because I truly, I would want to know all this information regardless of whether I'm getting to use it in any kind of objective manner. It sounds like that
1: plane's about to crash into your backyard, by the way. See, now fate.
2: I, and, I, and I share some of that as well. I've always been interested in the standings and the game stats. yeah, and that I would say that much at least is a prerequisite for fantasy football. Yeah, you
0: have to kind of at least be willing to read those and and make sense of it. yeah true. if you don't if you don't open up the Monday paper and look through all the box scores uh, just because you want to know without any reward offered then this game is probably not for you. Right. wonder how many touchdowns Tom Brady threw
1: on Sunday. Right. you
2: got to know that.
1: Is it a fair... Okay, let me ask you this, then. Instead of asking it, instead of doing that. What is it that you personally... Let's start with Pat. What is it that you personally get out of fantasy football?
2: Well, sort of like I said, I, it, it, it gives me an opportunity, and maybe more than an opportunity, a reason to spend time broadening and deepening my knowledge about football to the extent that, you know, when teams play that I'm not even fond of, I know their personnel and what they're likely to do on the field and, and furthermore care what they're going to do on the field. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of a way of getting more skin in the game. The, the outcome of just any random NFL game, you know, which you may not care about uh, – because it doesn't affect the Cowboys, say. We're Cowboys fans here, right? Right. Suck it, Eagles. Uh, But, you know, (laughs) totally other conference, different division. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens are playing. You might not care who wins, but guess what? You've got Ray Rice on your team as a running back. Suddenly you do care who wins. Mm -hmm. Gives you a whole other reason to root for a
0: game where you might not care about the outcome. Bill? Uh, For me, uh, reason number one is... It's the intellectual exercise.
2: Yeah. You
0: know, I, I do want to uh, find out if I'm, if my uh, opinions are more valid than somebody else's. I, I do want, you know, to me, it's a lot like playing a game of chess. You don't play a game of chess just because you're looking to kill an hour. I mean, you're looking to play a game of chess because you want to prove you're smarter than the dude sitting across the table from you. And it can it can be friendly. You know, there doesn't have to be any rancor or, or malice or anything like that. The right but it is competitive no kidding it is competitive and and you know i think a lot of it is uh uh maybe maybe it's ego driven I, I mean i don't think so but you know maybe it's hey i, I you know i want to be able to you know fashion myself a championship ring or print myself a t-shirt or you know, whatever it is you know the, but but hey everybody else in the league knows that you know that you're the man this year and and i really do like that um and to echo what pat said um I was already someone who was very much inclined to watch pretty much any NFL game that was on just because it was there, but now I don't just watch it dispassionately. I actively care right. because because even if you don't have a player going in that game,
1: well... You're still doing research possibly for you, next year. You're still doing mental research yeah.
0: and, well... And watching other guy, teams
1: hoping that, that well, their player but that, might fail. But that player
0: who's not helping your team may... Beat another guy that you're playing against in fantasy football. So there is always going to be it's it's six degrees. There's always going to be a tie-in, however peripheral. Uh, no matter no matter what the circumstance or who the player is, you know there will always be a, a butterfly effect at the
1: very least on your team. Um, I can see it being a topic of interest for somebody that they want to involve themselves in as much as possible. If they can't play the game, literally. If they can't get a job working for an NFL team, and I'm not saying it's this way for everybody, but I can just see it's another way to involve yourself in something that you love so much. Yeah. You know, like like for Star Wars fans. You know, they obviously can't carry a lightsaber, but they can... They can do role play. They can do role play. They can dress like a Jedi. Yeah. They can read, you know, as many novels as they can. Um, it's just a different way to to involve yourself in something that you love so much. Now, for me personally, I can think of 246 different things that I'd want to spend my time doing than yeah. porn over football stats. But I can totally see myself spending two hours and 46 minutes reading you know, the next 246 pages of the next Star Wars book that comes out. So I can totally get the enthusiasm and the desire to be... Involved in in something like that, and I can see how that is um, appealing.
0: Yeah, and, and a lot of it is. I think you get you get people of different skill levels too, and that's always interesting to me because there are always uh, uh, whether your whether your league is eight people or sixteen people or anywhere in between, you're going to have oh maybe somewhere between a quarter and a half of the people who. I don't believe, and this is based on my observation, but I don't believe they do have their own strong personal opinions on things. You know, I think that they do pretty much open up the they open up the newspaper, and they say, okay, well, it says the next guy on the list is this guy, so I guess I'll take him. And it's fun and to I, school
1: those people, and, isn't it?
0: And I don't think I have ever once said, well, I guess I'll take this guy because the list says he's the next one. No. I had... Uh, uh, you wanted to stay away from minutia, so you can fire off the alarm if you want. But this year, um, in uh, two of my three leagues, uh, I have St. Louis's defense. And in both of those leagues, I had people say, are you insane? What are you thinking? They're ranked. They're the 17th-ranked defense out of 32. They're not special in any way. Yeah, look who they play six times a year. And there you go. That's where, that's where the intellectual exercise comes in. That's where the... the the projection comes in. Who, who um, do they? Who do they? They're, they're
2: in the weakest division in the NFL, so they have a home and away game against the Seattle Seahawks, the San Francisco 49ers, and wait. Okay,
3: so, the, so they may not Cardinals. be great. But and they and can, Arizona Cardinals. But they can probably score more points, run more yards.
2: Yeah, they're just gonna, they have a weak schedule. They're going to be facing easy teams for almost yep. half the season.
0: There's a one-month spurt in the middle of the season, which I think wraps around their bye week, where – they're not going to be much used to you because they're playing. Uh, I forget what the teams are. They're playing the Green Bay's. Uh, they're playing this team and that team. But for me, I'm looking at their head coach, Steve Spagnolo, who worked miracles with the Giants' defense a few years ago and made them a power. Now he had he had some incredible players to work with, but <laughs> kind of like uh, um, kind of like Phil Jackson in the NBA, uh, you can have great players and still do nothing with them, or you can have great players and make them into multiple champions. And I think Spagnolo kind of did that with New York. He got the he he is no longer the defensive coordinator in New York. He's now the head coach in St. Louis. So that defense is going to match his personality and his his proclivities. Uh, that defense is also going to get better. That defense is also, as Pat said, in the worst division in football. Uh, that defense has also added some fairly solid players from last year. That defense also has an offense that is getting better and is going to be able to keep the ball longer and keep the ball away from that defense, get scored on in the first place. Here's I could go on and on and on, but there's some there's some thumbnails of why I picked that particular defense. <laughs> so, <laughs> so,
2: the alarm has sounded. It's too so, late, so Jackass. It, it, it's,
3: it, this is to give us reason to... People to give reason to care about the
2: Detroit Lions.
3: Then that's fantasy football was designed for that, right? But there's plenty of reason. To, you know, if
2: we're talking football, there's plenty of reason to care about the Detroit Ryan, the Detroit Lions. These days, they're a team on the rise with Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson and best in the backfield this, and a, oh, an yeah. improving
1: defense. This obviously is is a, a pastime that gets more enjoyable every year you do it. Because you learn more, I think so. You experience more. You can make more informed decisions. And like you said, there may be a team this year that's really not doing very well, but in three years from now, they're going to be the team to watch.
2: Yeah, and you and, know, and,
1: and you coming in might not note this year's your first year, right? You may come in this year not being aware of a team that was in that position three or four years ago that Bill's aware of.
2: Yeah, and in keeping with that, we should add that uh, there are there are variations in fantasy football. And the league that Bill and I happen to be in together is what's called a keeper league, which means that on an ongoing basis, teams are allowed to keep up to four players that they have drafted Mm -hmm. from a previous season, which means there's some incentive in that league uh, format to take special notice of emerging talent and perhaps catch a player just as he's about to rise into prominence. And, for instance, on my team this year, I am perhaps crazily starting Sam Bradford at quarterback. Uh, if he turns into the next uh, next Rodgers, then it's going to be a yeah. good decision. A couple other players I have, uh, Javi Best at uh, Detroit and uh, running back C.J. Spiller at Buffalo. These are two very young players, very fast possibly emerging stars and if they do break out this year i'll have the chance to keep them for next year yeah i'm sure bill has you know similar stories
0: Our um uh many years ago the keeper league was truly uh kind of a dynasty concept where um if you pick up steve young in the draft he's a keeper until he retires i mean you can keep him for 10 years if he plays that long um bowing to people's desires not to be, you know, just because you drafted a player in the fourth round that hadn't quite emerged yet and uh, uh, basically through a little bit of preparation but also quite a bit of luck, you've all of a sudden got the next Ladanian Tomlinson. Uh, you've got the next best running back in the NFL. Uh, we didn't want it to turn into a fait accompli for the rest of the league, so we right. put a rule in place where you can now you can keep that player but you can keep him for three seasons and then he has to go back. And I think that's a very uh, uh, a very effective compromise where you do get the benefit of having a player for years, but you don't get to monopolize any one player for his entire career. Right. So it does make it a little bit fairer to the rest of the league. And that's one thing that, that I, I am basically glad about. And it can also, frankly, it can kind of save you from yourself too because I've, I've done, I did this with Steve Young. I did this with Marshall Falk where I had them – before we had a, a – your limit from Falk um, University. No, um, moving on. Um, Marshall Falk. I kept him for a clean two years past the time I should have kept him. Sure. And if there'd been a three-year plan in place, I would have been saved from my own stubbornness. But you get you get wrapped up. Uh, one thing about um, fancy football also that we haven't touched on is you get to the point where you start you start. It's almost like NASCAR where. You know, I'm a Jimmy Johnson guy, or I'm a Dale Junior guy, or something. You get to the point where you have your guys, you have your guys that you want to bring back over and over again. They just they feel like part of your family after a while. Marshall Falk was one of those for years. See, and, and to, to, let me just
2: add something yeah. to that. You know, Frank Frank was asking, you know how how do you how do you know what decisions to make? How do you how do you decide? And I, and I think one thing that's rewarded in fantasy football is a certain amount of dispassionate uh, decision-making. Yeah. You don't want to draft all your favorite players. You don't want to pick all Cowboys, maybe not any Cowboys. You want to be able to have a disciplined approach and pick the best players that are available.
0: Yeah. Now, it's not necessarily it's not necessarily like in, in a draft where you were literally picking the best player available. You've got to give uh, weight to positional need. I mean, yes. if you... Um, and one thing we also haven't touched on is is there are there are some very basic guidelines like running backs? An elite running back is typically uh, it's the queen on your chessboard. It's it's the most valuable piece you can have because it's simple math. There's 32 teams, so there are at best 32 elite running backs. We all know there are not. Uh, there might be uh, 15 or 20 elite running backs. Well, if you're in a t- if you're in a 12-team league, that's a minimum of 24 players at running back who have to be started. And just doing very simple math, everybody in the league is not going to have an elite running back on their team. So if you can get two elite running backs on your team, or God forbid three, you are so far ahead of the curve. It's just a simple matter of math: the number of elite running backs um, divided, you know, d- do the cosine, you know, and triplicate you know, uh, over the number of players who are available versus the number of players in your league. It's 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 really easy. Uh, conversely, well, let me just say here's yeah.
2: hoping that Foster's hamstring doesn't heal and that Ray Rice continues to not score touchdowns.
0: Oh dear. Well <laughs> and that's another thing. Ray Rice, I've had him for a couple of years now, and I've watched that guy not score touchdowns, and I, I hope I, I think that this year's gonna be different. We'll see if I'm right. Um I don't think Ricky Waters is, or Ricky uh I don't think Ricky Williams is gonna be the vulture that uh Leron McClain McLean and uh um Oh my gosh, um, Willis mcgee have been in years past. Time will tell. We'll see. We'll okay. see. Well, guys, um,
3: thanks thanks for that input.
0: I'm not done yet. Where does somebody I, I you <laughs> could go on? Forever. Where does,
1: What's the best place for somebody to go if they want to start one of those Yahoo? I would leagues absolutely. you were talking about. Do a free league.
0: Get in with it. You can. Uh, you can even get in with your boys now. Uh, this episode is going to uh, is going to publish um, a week from Sunday, Memorial Day. The Sunday of the first games. Okay. So as you're listening to this episode, uh, the Sunday night game has probably just ended. Uh, You're waiting for the Monday night game uh, to begin. So you've missed week one of the season. So this isn't meant to be something, you know, we would be giving you lists of our our top 20 lists and and junk like this. If our objective was to prepare you for a fancy football season, Uh, that's not what we're doing here. Um, it's
3: simply just to understand and yeah. get some, get some bits in because yeah. a lot of people do it. Cause there's, there's, there's many levels of geekdom.
0: But with that said, it's not too late to join a fantasy football league. Uh, you can do it, um, oftentimes, uh, well into the season. Uh, there are also, you can, uh, as Pat said, there are different formats of fantasy football. You can join in where you're just literally picking winning teams each week versus picking players. Um, there are leagues where, uh, it's almost like a stock market where, uh, numbers are, uh, dollar dollar values are assigned to players, and you have to fill out a team based on uh, a budget. And so you might say, well, I'd love to take uh, Peyton Manning, but he costs way too much, so I'm going to take, say, Sam Bradford, who's a bargain, allowing me to spend my money on an elite wide receiver or elite running backs or something. So there's a lot of different formats, and, and there are uh, leagues, especially uh, free ones that will start into the season because there's no money in the line. So it's basically... Again, it's just kind of the intellectual exercise at that point.
3: Okay.
0: Um, well, but, well, with that said, let's, let's wrap it up. I know,
3: you right. got, I know you could go on forever. All right. But, you know, we've already been here seven hours, so...
1: It's not my fault. You asked. <laughs> no, I'd, Okay. I'd thank you for this episode, because I, I actually did learn a lot. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that I had a little bit more respect for fantasy football players. Because it requires just as much enthusiasm and gusto... To participate in that as as it does for several other uh, hobbies, for lack of a better word, yeah, yeah It really does.
0: Well, and you get uh, you can collect comics, and you can enjoy you know you can enjoy the intellectual exercise of wondering what's going to happen next, and let me argue about this with my friends. But you get a who very who would win in a fight? But you get a very objective uh, sense of accomplishment out of fantasy football when you are cashing or not cashing that check at the end sure, of the year yeah. when you are a playoff team or a not playoff team at the end of the year so there is absolutely a pot of a, an almost literal pot of gold at the end of the rainbow uh, that you can
1: you
0: and know, I'm sure Brad and Wright
1: says goes a long way too it
0: should yeah. it darn well should I mean, I mean we had we had a league uh, I, I'm sorry I know we're wrapping up but this league that uh, that Pat had joined this year um, we, had, uh, uh, we had a few guys leave this off season uh, kind of unexpectedly but you know whatever Um, But we had had, uh, it was a 10-team league. We had had six of the 10 teams in this league since its inception. We had six of 10 teams in this league for 19 years. So there can be a sense of camaraderie and uh, uh, la familia, I guess, for lack of an English term. Uh, But you get to, a lot of times these guys are your friends, and you may not be able to see them more than once a year or so. So it's not just the intellectual exercise. It's not just, I'm right, you're wrong. It can be, man, I miss you. It's really good to see you again. Now let's get in there and kick each other's butts. Give me my money. Yeah, (laughs) where's my money? Okay, well, with
3: that said, thanks, guys, and thank you for listening to A Half Hour Wasted. Uh, Be sure to visit our website at halfhourwasted.com to check out our blogs, photos, and more. Don't forget to visit the new message board at forumsforgeeks.com. Send your questions and comments to halfhourwasted at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us at Twitter at halfhourwasted. Be sure to check out the Legion of Dudes, which comes out every Thursday on the same feed. We also have Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Check out the Walking Dead TV podcast and keep an eye out for those media minutes. Visit our sponsor DCB Service and remember until next week. And see, this is
0: this whole enthusiasm thing I'm talking about. I'm you Frank. read that? You read that by rote. There, there was no enjoyment in it. What you need to do is you need to go. I felt, I felt a little enjoyment. You need to go. And Hi, you are, I'm Pat. Hey, and you I'm are, I'm Bill McGonnell with Pat, and you've been listening to Half Hour Wasted, proud member of the HHWLED Podcast Network, etc. etc.